Cardinals continuing interviews. Among the candidates they will be talking with, another interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn here to talk about uh, Dan Quinn as a candidate and other Cowboys items. He covers the Cowboys for ESPN.com. Todd Archer joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Todd, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. How we doing? Doing well. Uh, Dan Quinn as a candidate. We know uh, you know a lot about him because of his time as a head coach in the league with Atlanta. Highly coveted, uh, and you know did a good job in Dallas. Did a good job in Seattle for years as the defensive coordinator. What are the odds? Whether it's Arizona or somewhere else, what are the odds in your mind, Todd, that uh, Dan Quinn is a head coach again in twenty twenty three? I would put the money on that he's a head coach somewhere uh, other than Dallas. Uh, uh, in 2023, uh, he went through this dance last year and stayed. Uh, Jerry Jones altered his contract and, and and made it worth his while to stay. But you know, there are only so many opportunities you get to be a head coach. And um, I know he'd like to be a head coach again, and it has to be the right opportunity. But it seems like he's going to ha- he could have a, a pick of where he wants to go. And just the odds tell you that he's. It would be difficult from the pass up opportunities mm-hmm. two straight years. People have done it in the past, um, but I, I just think it would be difficult difficult for him to pass up the opportunity. I've uh, I've read a lot of Cowboy fans imploring the team to fire Mike McCarthy and give the job to Dan Quinn now, and that's probably the sign of a really good coordinator when the fan base really wants to keep him that much. Um, wh- what kind of jo- job has Dan Quinn done in Dallas with that defense to sort of uh, create that sort of reputation? Outstanding job. I mean, you look at the Cowboys defense in 2020, they're out of franchise record uh, in points. They, they were just exploited everywhere. And then he comes in. Now they changed some scheme, uh, changed some players that helped. Uh, but what Dan Quinn did in his two years here, the Cowboys were the first de- defense to lead the NFL in takeaways two straight years since the steel curtain defense of the 70s. Uh, they, they morphed into a top 10 defense. In yards and points. Um, now, he, he added some pretty good pieces with, with Michael Parsons being at the top of the list as a first-round pick. But to me, the most impressive part of what Dan Quinn did was he changed his M.O. He changed him himself. Uh, when he was in Seattle, when he was in Atlanta, they were a single-high defense, and that's pretty much all they played. He came to the Cowboys, and he changed it up. He, he, he used that time away after he got fired by Atlanta to look at how he can be better, and it wasn't just, hey, you double down on what you know and what you do best. He added more things to his package, a lot more man coverage, uh, a lot more, I don't want to say a lot more, but more too high coverage, things like that. And, you know, he's, he's always been a good pressure guy up, up front. It helps that you've had Micah Parsons. It helps that you have Trayvon Diggs, Diggs on the back end. But, you know, a lot of those guys remain from that defense in 2020 that was so bad. He did a great job of just changing their mindset and making them more aggressive and, and, and turning them around into one of the better defenses in the league. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN.com. Our guest here, Odd Bickley and Murata Mornings. You talked about it earlier, Todd, when you said Dan Quinn went through this dance last year. And I know the Denver Broncos had him very high on their preference list. They went with Nathaniel Hackett. He's a candidate in Denver again. You've covered the NFL for a long time. When you read the tea leaves on how this coaching cycle is going, do you see uh, a better chance of Quinn in Denver, better chance of Quinn in Arizona, or somewhere else as you size it up right now? I would say Denver because I know he has a close relationship with George Payton, the the GM, 
uh, for years. Uh, and that was one of the things that I, that I had a lot of people connecting the dots there uh, last year. And no offense, the roster in Denver, especially defensively, mm-hmm. is a lot better, right? And, and so he'd be he'd be coming into a pretty good system now. He'd have to offensively, he'd have to figure out what is Russell Wilson and what is left for him. Well, Dan Quinn was with Russell Wilson in Seattle, now on the other side of the ball, and an early part of Russell's career. But there's a relationship that they have already that maybe would help get Russell back onto the path of being a competent quarterback again after what we saw this season. Um, Arizona, you have Kyler coming back from the injury. Uh, a lot of questions about the, you know, are they keeping Hopkins? What's going to happen there? Uh, to me, it, it, the better job right now will probably be Denver. Although you look, you got to go through Mahomes, you got to go through Herbert. Uh, you, you look at that division, and you say, huh, maybe. And if who knows is going to be the quarterback in in Vegas? Mm-hmm. But the, maybe if you look at the divisions, you'd think a little bit differently. Uh, but I, I think Denver would probably have the leg up. What have you noticed about the leadership component of Dan Quinn? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I mentioned like how he changed himself and his MO and what how he runs the defense, but it's really how he makes the guys believe and how he does lead. And um, th- that's what all these guys talk about. You know, Jaron Curse is a guy that bounced around the league for a little bit before he got to Dallas, and he said, this guy changed my career. He he, he believed in me when other people didn't, and Jaron Curse has been one of the Cowboys' best defenders as a safety the last two seasons. So that's kind of what Dan does. He, he gets guys to believe in themselves. He's a tremendous leader for, for that defense, and really he did a good job. Honestly, yeah, you know, sometimes he's, he can operate in silos and NFL locker rooms, but he was a guy that – you know, would talk to the offensive players, was involved in a lot of different things. And everybody in that room, offense, defense, special teams, had a high respect for Dan Quinn because he made himself available to everybody. He didn't say, hey, I'm just the defensive guy. He had the whole the whole room believing in what he was doing. And just besides changing what he was as a coordinator and how he operated, I think his leadership skills is probably right up there with that with that trait, too. I'm talking with Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys from ESPN.com here on uh, Arizona Sports. Moving away from Dan Quinn for a second, the playoff exit from the Cowboys, lots of reaction when the Cowboys fall short of a Super Bowl, which is kind of a common occurrence these these days. But, 27 uh, years in a row. Yeah, and, and counting. <laughs> uh, the, the blame pinned, and we get why it happens, Todd. Dak Prescott, obviously a very highly paid quarterback, hasn't had the playoff results. Two more turnovers in the loss to San Francisco. But it seems like a lot of the Cowboys fan base and even the Cowboys official Twitter account kind of pointing the finger at Dak Prescott. In, in your mind, is is that entirely fair? Entirely fair? Probably not. But that's what comes with playing the position here. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Tony Romo is not going to be crying for Dak because he went through the same thing all those years, too. Uh, that's just what it is. You're compared to Staubach and Aikman. And when you don't live up to what those guys did, it's your fault. Entirely? Probably not. But again, the interceptions in that game, Dak said it after game, they're 100% on him. Yeah. You just can't have those decisions in the big games. Brock Purdy didn't make those mistakes, and he got lucky on a couple throws. But again, the Cowboys didn't come through with the, with the play that defensively to, to flip the script. Um, but you're, you're a $40 million quarterback. You can't, you have to make other people better. You can't be. Well, they need other pieces around them. And they got rid of Amari Cooper, and they didn't really replace him. Uh-huh. They're still an offense that averaged more points than anybody in the NFL after Dak up after the thumb injury. They're still an offense that was best on third down. 
they, they did all these things. And in the biggest game, the offense came up short. When the offense comes up short, you look at the quarterback, and Dak didn't play well in that game. I don't know whether the Cowboys' own website writes about it or not. They're telling the truth. He didn't play well. Yeah. All right, uh, last question. I, I know it probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but the Cowboys are getting skewered for that last play they attempted with uh, Ezekiel Elliott under center. It seemed that all that was missing from that play was the Stanford band. What, what were they What were they attempting to accomplish? Have you seen that play run in practice? Well, not run in practice, but they did do a similar play to open the, the season in, in 21 at Tampa where they had a safety, um, and now I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He, he lined up as the center. So it is the Sanford band play. It's lateral it all over the place. Uh, and, and Zeke got trucked by the, by the yeah. Niners defender. And look, what were their odds of getting anything done if you went sure. traditional there, right? I mean, as low as it was, you know, you, you, the, the goal is to bring on another player that, that theoretically can run faster than an offensive lineman when you're doing all these laterals. Um, but, it never got past the first play where they threw it to <laughs> Turpin. He got tackled right away, so you couldn't even see how it would, what the genesis of it, where it was going. Like yeah. I've looked at the replay, I'm like, where was Turpin going with the ball after he caught it? There was no one coming underneath for a lateral. There was no one. It was just, a, yeah, it was all odd. But again, that they weren't winning the game. They weren't going to score a tying touchdown at their own 24 with six seconds left. Yeah. The bigger issue was Dalton Schultz getting pushed back and the clock running, and then Dalton Schultz not getting his feet two feet down to where they could have at least thrown a Hail Mary in that situation. Yeah, so great point. It, but it just piles on the Cowboys because that's what everybody likes to do uh, when, when they have a play that no one has seen before, and it just is so <laughs> bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Todd, thanks so much for the insight and the time this morning. Really appreciate it.